0: It's Monday, May 11th, 2020, and today we are continuing our study on the book of Ezekiel, and we are looking specifically at Ezekiel chapter 2 through Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel is a raw book, and at times as we read through it, we may even find it a bit harsh. It's unrelenting on the holiness and majesty of God. Today, our culture yawns at God, much the way that the Israelites had before they went into Babylonian captivity. We, like they, have replaced the majestic, holy, awesome Lion of Judah from Scripture with a domesticated kitten, conformed to the standards of the world, measured by the yardstick of political correctness. Right? Who wants a God who roars, who threatens, who judges? Why not fashion a God in our taste, a friendly God that we can pet, leash, and export for popular appeal? The truth is that the picture we find of God in Ezekiel is not safe but as a God who demands holiness, justice, equity, and for his name to be praised. Ezekiel spoke to a community forced from its home, a people who had broken faith with their God. As the spokesman for the God of Israel, Ezekiel spoke oracles that vindicate the reputation of this holy God. This radically God-centered point of view finds crystal clear clarity in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 22 through 23. 33, 23, when it says, therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations and which you have profaned among them. And the nations Will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. You see, the primary purpose of Ezekiel's message was to restore God's glory before the people who had spurned it in view of the watching nations. Israel's welfare was bound up with her God. This is why Ezekiel pleads in chapter 18, verses 31 through 32, cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed and make yourself a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I find no pleasure in death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. Ezekiel is unrelenting and uncompromising with a message which often seems hard or sometimes offensive. The language cannot be soft because Ezekiel's vision of God is one of grandeur and holiness. The earthly realities of Israel's sin and holitry deserved judgment and full judgment. Ezekiel's prophecy, therefore, was not to make people then and now question the goodness of God, but to draw them to repentance and a longing for the restoration of God's glory. And beloved, this is the call of Ezekiel as a prophet to draw people to repentance and a longing of the restoration of God's glory. And as we see Ezekiel's calling, may we be reminded that this too is our calling. And so we look at Ezekiel chapter 2 through chapter 3. We start in verse 1 of chapter 2. Ezekiel says, Son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak with you. And he, the Lord, spoke to me. The Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet and I heard him speaking to me. And he said to me, son of man, I will send you the people of Israel to nations of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants are also impotent and stubborn. I send you to them and you shall say to them, thus says the Lord God, and whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, be not afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words The briars and thorns are with you and you sit on scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house, and you shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like the rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And when I looked, behold, a hand was stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it, and he spread it before me, and it had writing on the front and on the back, and there was written on it words of lamentations and mournings and woe and he said to me son of man eat whatever you find here eat the scroll and go speak to the house of israel so i opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat and he said to me son of man feed your belly with the scroll that i give you and fill your stomach with it then i ate and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey and he said to me son of man go to the house of israel and speak with my words to them for you are not sent to a people of foreign speech and a hard language but to the house of israel and not to many peoples of foreign speech and a hard language Whose words you cannot understand? Surely, if I sent you to such, they would listen to you. But to the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you, for they are not willing to listen to me, because all the house of Israel have a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. Behold, I have made your face as hard as their faces, and your forehead as hard as their foreheads, like emery, harder than flint. Have I made your forehead? Fear them not, nor be dismayed for their looks, for they are rebellious house. Moreover, he said to me, "'Son of man, all of my words that I shall speak to you receive in your heart and hear with your ears, and go to the exiles, to your people, and speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or refuse to hear.' Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me the voice of a great earthquake. Blessed be the glory of the Lord from its place. It was the sound of the wings of the living creatures as they touched one another, and the sound of the wheels beside them, and the sound of the great earthquake.' The Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit, the hand of the Lord being strong upon me. And I came to the exiles of Tel who were dwelling by the Kibar Canal, and I sat there while they were dwelling. And I sat there overwhelmed among them seven days. And at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked ways in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hands. But if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die from his iniquity, but you shall be delivered from your soul. Again, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die because he has not warned him. He shall die from his sin, and his righteous deeds that he has done shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the righteous person not to sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning, and you will have delivered your soul. And the hand of the Lord was upon me there, and he said to me, Arise, go out into the valley, and there I will speak to you. So I rose and went out into the valley, and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there, like the glory I had seen by the Kibar Canal, and I fell on my face. But the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and he spoke with me and said to me, Go, shut yourself within your house. And you, O son of man, behold, cords will be placed upon you, and you shall be bound with them, so that you cannot go out among the people. And I will make your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth, so that you shall be mute and unable to reprove them, for they are a rebellious house." But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, He who will hear, let him hear, and he who will refuse to hear, let him refuse, for they are a rebellious house. You see, beloved, Ezekiel is commissioned to take God's word to God's rebellious people who are impotent or disrespectful, stubborn, obstinate, hard-headed, and hard-hearted. Ezekiel is not afraid, though, because God will provide both the message and the means to proclaim it. Ezekiel's commissioning is not different from ours in Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20. We are to take the gospel with the promise that the Lord will be with us. However, Ezekiel was called to go only to the house of Israel while we are called to go to the nations. Ezekiel's commissioning left him overwhelmed for seven days as we see in verse 15 of chapter 3. But just like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and even Jesus, the commissioning to preach the word of God is difficult. In Luke chapter 8, verse 10, Jesus says, To you it was given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Oh, Although it may not always be easy, and even though many times the message will be met with rejection or hardship, we are called to go as ambassadors of God. Just like Paul said to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We see, therefore, through this passage, there are four things we see from Ezekiel's calling to be God's ambassador, which can apply to our gospel calling. First, because we are God's ambassadors, because we are ambassadors for Christ, we are often given difficulty in ministry. Oh, we're often given difficulty in ministry. As a matter of fact, the ministry that we have been given, this ministry of reconciliation, it was never promised that it would be easy. Verses five through seven of, of Ezekiel chapter three remind us, you are not sent to a people of foreign speech and a hard language, but to the house of Israel and not to many peoples of foreign speech and a hard language whose words you can understand. Surely I have sent you to such, they would have listened to you. Verse 7, But the house of Israel will not be willing to listen, for they are not willing to listen to me, because all of the house of Israel have a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. We are called to preach the gospel, not to a lovely, innocent people who are just waiting for the good news, but to rebellious sinners, and such were we before we were washed with the blood of Christ. Paul says to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, Do you not know Beloved, the reason that people will not want to listen to us is because they do not want to listen to God. So we cannot adjust. We cannot whitewash. We cannot simplify or make the message easy to consume. I'm afraid that too often, far too often, the church and her people have tried to believe that a seeker-sensitive model and approach is the way to go. We give people what they want to hear to make the message palatable. However, it is only the Holy Spirit that can illuminate hearts ministry is difficult overcoming minds that are hostile futile and darkened is what god does every day and what he did for us we were once a difficult ministry ourselves but his grace overcame all the hardness of our hearts remember how he rescued you and run to those outside of christ with his words of life ministry will be difficult but we cannot change the message we have to preach the gospel Which brings us to our second point. As ambassadors for Christ, as God's ambassadors, we speak the word of God with boldness, even when it's offensive to sinners. In verse 8 of Ezekiel chapter 2, God says, But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like the rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And when I looked, behold, a hand had stretched out to me. How bizarre, a hand and a scroll? And, And he's told to eat the scroll. Right, verse 10, and he spread it out before me and had writing on the front and the back and there were written on it words of lamentations and mourning and woes. Then verse one of chapter three, and he said to me, son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and go and speak to the house of Israel. The scroll being the word of God. Verse two says, so Ezekiel opens his mouth. He he ate the scroll, right? And then verse three, and he said, son of man, feed your belly with the scroll and I will give it to you to fill your stomach. And then Ezekiel says, I ate it and my mouth was as sweet, As honey, Beloved, we preach the Bible and we study the Bible because it's as sweet as honey. Psalm 119, 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. God's word is is often offensive because it tells us who we really are. Wretched, pitiful, sinners. And it compares us to God who is radiant, glorious, and awe-inspiring. As men, we want praise, not critique. And the word of God is certainly not the report card that makes one proud. The message to a self-gratifying culture is absolutely offensive. We are a self-gratifying culture. We don't want critique. We don't want evaluation. We don't want to be told where we're wrong. We don't want to be told where we can find correction. And the Word of God shows us that we are wrong, that we are sinners, that we need help. Oh, and this self-gratifying culture finds it absolutely offensive. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, For Jews demand a sign and Greeks seek wisdom. Verse 23, But we speak Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to the Gentiles. Oh, verse 24, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. If our confidence is anywhere besides the cross of Christ, we will be tempted to adjust the gospel message God has entrusted to us. If the approval of God we have received in Christ is not precious to us, then we may adjust the message seeking man's approval. If the love of God that we have received in Christ is not first in our mind, then we may hold back some element of the gospel, hoping our audience will like us. In altering or withholding parts of the gospel, we run the risk of changing the one life-saving message into a word of death. May the cross of Christ free us to speak the gospel boldly, clearly, faithfully, and without compromise. Let's not alter or withhold the parts of the gospel because we truly risk changing this great news into a word of death. Oh, beloved, as God's ambassadors, as as ambassadors for Christ, this ministry is often difficult, but we must speak the gospel and the word of God boldly and clearly and faithfully. But then third. As God's ambassadors, we have confidence knowing that God will fuel our mission. Huh. Again, in Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 8 through 9, after God has told Ezekiel, hey, this is going to be a hard calling. Why? Because their their foreheads are hard and their hearts are stubborn. He says this to Ezekiel, but behold, I have made your face as hard as their faces and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. Like Emery, harder than Flint, I have made your forehead. So fear them not, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are rebellious house. Ezekiel's name actually means the God that strengthens. So Ezekiel's name was God strengthens. As hard as the audience would be to the message, Ezekiel would be even more determined to deliver it. God would supply everything that Ezekiel needed for the mission. Even from the very beginning, we see that God was supplying his presence. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And he spoke to me, and the Spirit entered into me, and he set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. God told Ezekiel not to be afraid three times in the passage that we read. And like Ezekiel, we have been given a difficult assignment. Our king has charged us to go to every nation and to make disciples. He wants us to teach them to obey everything that he has commanded. And we can know, however, that we will have every provision necessary because he has promised his presence. Oh, recently I was on a call with, with, un- with, a, with, with pastors and ministers in Asia who were reaching out to and engaging unreached people groups. They told me that uh, several months ago, there were government officials that were threatening to imprison them if they didn't stop preaching the gospel. But now, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, those same government officials are coming to these same believers and asking them to go and to take nourishment and physical provisions to those who are the most needy. These pastors and ministers told me that over the last 10 years, they have been trying to access 47 different places to take the gospel that are unreached, unengaged with the gospel. And in the last three weeks, government officials have actually taken them to those villages in order to feed them and to provide for their needs. Oh, beloved, even through a a pandemic, even through the hardest, we see that God is providing for ministry. As we were praying on this call, one brother who had just said that they were running out of their personal provisions thanked God for giving them more than they could ever ask or imagine. He asked, he thanked God for providing an access to the gospel would go forth. And Paul did this too. As he told the Corinthian believers in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10-12, through He who supplied the seed to the sower and the bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God, For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So beloved, we have been commissioned by God to be his ambassadors. And we need not fear because he will fuel our mission. Which brings us to the fourth and final thing we see about being God's ambassadors. And that is that our calling is of eternal importance. Our calling is of eternal importance. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 7 Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. Ezekiel chapter three, verse nineteen. But if you warn the wicked and he does not return, re, return from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die from his iniquity. Ezekiel chapter three, verses 26 through 27. And I will make your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth so that you shall be mute and unable to reprove them for they are a rebellious house. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth and you shall say to them, thus says the Lord God, he who will hear, let him hear and he who will refuse to hear, let him refuse for they are a rebellious house. You see, beloved, the message was so utterly important. That the Lord made Ezekiel mute for seven and a half years until the fall of Jerusalem, in order that when he would speak, the words would have weight because they were the very word of God. Do you realize that the entire book of Ezekiel from this point on was the very utterances of God for 45 more chapters? Everything that Ezekiel says was breathed out by God. And this is everything that he said. Imagine that for seven and a half years, Ezekiel literally spoke God's word. God literally spoke his word, delivering it through Ezekiel's mouth. Imagine for seven and a half years, everything that you say is scripture. Beloved, we also have words of warning that have an eternal weight. These words must be preached. Ezekiel was told if he withheld the message, it meant certain peril for the people and their blood, what, would be on his hands. Why? Because this word was important. It was eternal. Oh, if he proclaimed the message, but they still failed to repent, then their blood would be on their own hands, but Ezekiel would be saved. What are we doing, beloved, with the message that the Lord has given us? We are not responsible for someone hearing the gospel and rejecting it, or someone hearing the gospel and receiving it. But we are responsible for making sure that they hear it. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 17, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ, To God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death and to other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, sincerity as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Oh beloved, may we preach this glorious gospel for as long as we have breath. And today if you are a Christ follower, then you You've been commissioned, and this commission will be difficult. Oh, and the word that we, that we speak must be proclaimed boldly, but take heart. God will fuel your mission. Why? Because this calling is of eternal importance. Thank you for joining the Defender Bible Study. This week, we are praying for the country of Guatemala. We're praying that the gospel will go forward brightly in midst of such a religious but not Christ-centered culture. We're praying for the government to keep open-minded in more ways to serve the church through foster care and other means. We're praying that the government sees intercountry adoption as part of the solution to special cases. We pray that the government would make good and wise decisions regarding the COVID-19 situation. We pray for the children who reside in orphanages, that they would grow up in, as they grow up in places without family. We pray that they would, would have the things that they need, and the Lord would provide for them. We pray that that many of our caretakers in these homes would would have energy and endurance as they try to meet all of the children's needs. We pray for our partners at Village of Hope. We pray for wisdom as Lifeline continues to partner with them through caregiver training and unadopted. Pray for the Block family specifically as they have endurance and ever-renewing sense of purpose, courage, and energy while they manage the home. Pray for them as a family, as the whole. Pray for the staff at Village of Hope, the caregivers, the guards, the cooks, the teachers, and the psychologists. Pray for the block's daughter and son-in-law as they get prepared to take leadership of, of many different parts of the projects. We pray for La Reforma Church, their pastors and members as they serve the vulnerable and orphan in Guatemala in many different ways. We pray for Paola and Larry and Somos, one of the organizations from La Forma Church, as they serve children living in orphanages by training mentors who are paired with kids in long-term relationships. Pray for David and Aksha and the ACH as they advocate in many different ways on behalf of Guatemala's children. Pray for the AX29 Network in Latin America as they train churches to plant other churches in the region and they have, as they have the intention to include orphan care as part of the planting training and pray for the local church in general for they ha- for them to have the boldness to take the gospel to those who have no hope in the midst of a pandemic we praise the lord for what he's doing in guatemala but we ask him to act now especially during this covid-19 pandemic let's pray father god we thank you so much for the opportunity to work and to pray today for the country of guatemala we certainly pray for the government Lord God, that they would care for those in foster care, that they would care for the orphans and orphanages, that they would see intercountry adoption as a, as a part of a, a solution in special cases, and that the government would make good decisions regarding their response to COVID-19. We pray for the children in these orphanages and in these homes. We pray you have, they have endurance. We pray that they would have uh, hope. And Lord, we pray for the caregivers that are taking care of them as well. Lord God, we pray for our partners, Village of Hope, for Todd and Amy Block. We just ask that you would uh, give them wisdom, give them energy, give them endurance. We just ask that you'd be with all the caregivers, guards, cooks, teachers, and psychologists, that they would have wisdom and protection as they care for those that are there. Lord, we pray for our partners at Laforma Church and, and for Somos and for ACH and for Acts 29. Would you give them special graces during this pandemic to reach out to those who are vulnerable and to show the gospel. And Lord, we pray for the local evangelical church in general, that they would have boldness to take the gospel to those who have no hope in midst of this pandemic. Lord, would you work in the nation of Guatemala now for your great name, for the sake of your great gospel? And Lord, I pray for our partners. And even though ministry is difficult, many even though ministry is hard, that they would not shrink away from preaching the entire counsel of God, the gospel of Christ Jesus boldly and with accuracy. Lord, I pray that you would fuel the mission before them. And God, I pray that our partners would know that this mission is of eternal importance because it is a fight for the souls of men. God, go before the church, go before our partners in Guatemala for the sake of your great name. And it's in your name that we pray, the name of Jesus, amen.